another place my family has, uh, they only have one ISP. So they, they give you the worst service. You can't get anyone to come out and fix anything. Nope. And they know that you have nowhere else to go, so they see no reason to change. So, That's Comcast for you. Oh, yeah, Comcast is a fucking, the fucking... The mess. They're the worst. That company. Yeah, we have, uh, we have WoW, and then we have Comcast, and we have Spectrum, but uh, the problem with Spectrum is they're not offered. I wouldn't even take them anyways because I've always heard, heard bad experience with them. I would personally yeah. like fiber. I wish Google Fiber Fi was like honestly, unironically, uh, uh, offered around here because I just need asymmetrical data. And if Google comes, in, if Google could come in and unironically not be like, I mean, it's your ISP. You can't really like do anything about it anyways. So I would rather pick the one that gives me the best upload and download speed, so that my PeerTube instance doesn't get bottlenecked from a lot of the issues that I run into because I'm running behind like an asymmetrical like network. Right. Well, Google does make, you know, a couple good things like that and the uh, Pixel, you know. Yeah, the Pixel's great. It is a nice phone. I like it so um, far. I know, and I know everyone in the privacy community has a fucking, like, they're just like, ah, Google. Like, and it's, it's like. I know. I, I get it. I get it. They have a reputation behind them to uphold. It's it's a hardware. Th it's more of a hardware thing that like Google's good at. G Google is good at things like they're good at security. We have to admit that. And oh yeah. They're good well, at when they want to be. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and they they they're good at really really delivering a product that makes it easy for people to get locked into their database system. And I mean that from like a, like a genuine standpoint. Like as much as I dislike YouTube. As much as I dislike uh, a lot of the products because, like, I hate ads, uh, I just hate how the internet works today in general. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, but they they make it easy to get locked into there. Like, you remember Google Plus? Are you, like, old enough to remember Google Plus? I do remember Google Plus. I remember and, that, yeah. And Hangouts and uh, uh -huh. you could tell You could tell your friends, <laughs> like, hey, guys, I'm checking in. I remember when they ended that, yeah. Into Burger King. Let let me. Foursquare is still still around. They're um they're just they don't do like the check in part. They're just like a an events app that. It's like weird. Like there's a lot of apps that disappeared, but they're like still like there. Like it's kind of like MySpace. They just cut MySpace the funding or something, you know. Yeah, or like or like it doesn't exist or no anything. support. Yeah. So I did write. Um, I don't know how this audio is gonna sound on OBS. This is like straight up, but whatever. Um, and this is something that I kind of wanted to do because I, I run out of ideas and I think it's cool for me to t listen to other people's opinion in like a long form content kind of like sure. way. And I appreciate you like putting some time aside to talk to me. Oh yeah. I do want to pick your brain about some stuff. I do like your, like your videos because I don't think that there's enough people that actually bring, um, like guides. Yeah, there's not, it. there's not, that's what I noticed that they're just aren't and when they do you know they're basically trying to steer you towards this vpn or you know yeah. there's always there's always a catch yeah, or 100%. it's just you know it's very few and far between for for really you know guides that actually protect anonymity compared to you know a trust reliant privacy promise <laughs> yeah 100 percent. and i think the biggest gap right now we have is I understand that like people need to make money. They want to do YouTube to make money. That's fine. I don't think anyone really has an issue with that. It's what 
like what like are you motivated by by privacy or are you motivated by like just chill, yeah is it, is it passion or is it yeah. something else because you know mm -hmm. privacy isn't a thing you can really make you know money on youtube because it's just <laughs> such a niche thing that you know you can't expect to make a boatload of money doing that anyway in my eyes i i mean it's just not popular enough it's not you know something they probably even promote that well yeah. compared to and other trending subjects and i agree so what even when you look at like the bigger youtube channels that like do this like like mental outlaw i i don't agree with a lot of the stuff that he does show out because i think it's and and from like just from like listening to other people i think a lot of it's like really like clickbaity and like kind of showing that's not like a shot at him because i think he's an educated person but it's like he's like more of like a meme like you know what i mean yeah he, he does float the whole meme meme god thing going yeah and he used to do like but he does cool he, stuff <laughs> yeah he used to do like um like really cool like technical installs like how to install and compile gen 2 and I think right that's what we need more because yeah it's also a lot of work to put guides yeah, together because you gotta like chop it up just right and you don't want to you know you don't want to you you may mess up at a point, and then you got to redo all that stuff on video, and it's a, it's definitely more to it than reading a script or you know yeah. just going off the cuff even. And I personally like um I like I can't write I hate writing to be honest uh I'm a terrible writer uh but I do uh fundamentally think that from a person who's not like a technical person until like i started getting into like linux like myself and self-hosting i'm still nowhere near like some of the level that like people like i used to do it watch a lot of technical guides from uh uh what the fuck's his name he's the bald guy that sits in his chair a lot of the the Linux YouTube guys are bald guys, though. So. I was gonna, I was about to tell, say which which one, which one of the bald Linux, Linux Smith, guys. Um, <laughs> There's definitely Matthew a few. Smith, Eli, the computer guy, he's bald. And I think uh, even uh, is it DistroTube or something? <laughs> I want to say DistroTube. I think that's I his think name. Is, I think it is. He's bald. Yeah, that's the guy I'm talking I about. I think though. he's like, bald. He is bald. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being bald. Uh, I just think Linux makes you go bald because it, it uh, must. It must be that hair pulling kind of problem. Reinstall Somewhere. your your OS out of something breaking. And oh yeah. So let me just get to this. So I know you said you run Cubes OS, right? Oh yeah, I have a Cubes machine, but you know I haven't used it a lot lately just because of you know it's not on my favorite device and i might put it on a better device like the one i have it running on now is like only eight gigabytes of ram now of course i do have a w530 now with uh 32 gigabytes of ram so i'm thinking about moving it on over to something more appropriate it has yeah the one i'm running it on at the time i installed it i had that one eight gigabytes of ram machine a few years back i installed it and um, I just started to try it. I wanted to try it, and uh, didn't have an ex a, an ability to expand the RAM on that one. But yeah. now I've got a few things lying around that I I could possibly put it on, and I think I might for my W530, yeah. which is a sweet machine. Got uh, I neutered Intel Management Engine and uh, Flash okay. Core Boot and all that. So 
So it's just where I want it to be, and 32 gigabytes of RAM is plenty for keys. Yeah, because, so. like, dude, Dom Zero runs fucking, like, 8 gigs just for... Yeah, it's it's a heavy one. And I I personally use Endeavor more just because I can get stuff done quicker. You have cubes with all the uh, the isolation of everything, you know, the hardware and the yeah. virtual machine layers and all that. You know, it can take a longer time. It's also, you know, there's more to it. If you want to record video of your screen, you can rec record a single cube or because of the isolation, you can also get like a video card. But I haven't purchased that yet, so that's why I haven't done any actual recording of my full uh, cube screen yet. Just yeah. it, there's there's more barriers to using it um, in a quick way as a daily driver, but it's still a great thing to have, you know, for that extra safety. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, wanted to. So I wanted to um, actually run Cubes OS only because I like I like the hardening and the security. Because oh, absolutely! Such a, it's great. Such a complex uh, topic. Like, there's a lot of obscurity that we get like fed to us, and this is why I like Graphene OS because, and as much as people dislike Daniel McKay's like attitude, he, I think yeah, that is you know why get caught up in people's personalities when you know we should really not be you know arguing about that kind of thing. In my opinion, this is just my own yeah. personal stance that. You know, I have appreciation for all the work that went into it. If it's the best, I'm going to use it. I don't really care who made it, you know? And so that's one reason I'm trying it. I agree that, like, PR is very difficult to, like, soft, like, so I work in, in sales. Uh, sales, learning how to deal with, like, difficult people and learning how to deliver a message is a very complex, soft skill to learn. A lot of people in tech don't have it. And I understand that because you trying to explain something that's very complex and then dumb it down and then argue against somebody who has like misinformation is, is very hard to like not come across like an asshole. So like, I really don't care about his personality. I've interacted with him in element and element and he can come off as rude, but I think he does it because and this is just my personal take i think he does it because he probably does get tired of having to repeat himself and people in privacy uh section like the community does absolutely miss they they misuse or misunderstand something because let's be real technology is very complex and constantly changing like i personally would love to run core boot and i would i, I have a laptop that that won't do it which kind of sucks or Libre Boo, if I could. Uh, only one of the I best... Think... I was just going to say, one of the best ways that you can just get up and started quickly is something called 1v Rain. And that is one option for, you know, flashing core boot where you don't even have to disassemble your machine whatsoever. But you have to pick one of the... Um, the 30 series of ThinkPads. So, like, the X230, the the uh, T430, the W or T530s, and uh, there's an exploit it uses to then flash core boot using that method. So you literally just burn it to a disk, and you get your core boot image and have that somewhere hosted. Now, of course, this doesn't neuter Intel Management Engine for you, so that's another yeah. process. You have to do the external flashing for that, but 
for if you just want to get core boot and get rid of any of the BIOS backdoors like Superfish that came out a few years ago, um, that one's definitely worth looking up. Superfish, where it broke all the HTTPS on all Lenovo laptops around the year 2015. And this Superfish was actually created by a company called Commodia, which actually moonlights as a parental control application but it actually breaks the HTTPS for all those machines. And this is right in the stock BIOS for these Lenovo machines to the point where the US government actually banned Lenovo laptops from government use, it wow. was so bad. And That's it was crazy. started by an Israeli core intelligence programmer for the IDF. So that is something I'm not you know, saying that it wasn't an innocent parental control, maybe it was, but- um, yeah. I would have second thoughts about that. <laughs> but core boot replaces that type of stuff. So any so, of the problems in the stock BIOS or, yeah. you know, all that. My question, are you a programmer? I mean, I work on things, but I don't define myself in that way. You're not like a programmer by like. No, I don't. I don't go by programmer, no, but I, I work with some Python, you know, all that bash okay. and everything, but I don't do a lot, you know, very little C, I don't do much of that. No, that's cool, that's interesting. I just, I'm just curious, like you're, I feel like you're pretty, it's hard, it's weird when people are like, you're knowledgeable, if you have no knowledge of something, of course you're going to say you're not knowledgeable, but I'm, I'm just, uh, that's curious, that's cool. I didn't know that about, so I have a think, I don't have a ThinkPad, I, th I think I have a, a Think Center. Station, think station. Uh -huh. I can't remember. It's somewhere. Um, and my, because I don't really go into like my BIOS too too often, to be honest. Uh, but I was just thinking about honestly. I know this sounds kind of weird. I was gonna just go buy um uh, a System seventy six because they ship with Core Boot, and I know that's got its own problems because you can't really. You have to. So when somebody else installs Corvo, you have to trust them at the end of the day that they installed right, it. Right, yeah. That's that. why I um, personally just compile it from source code myself just just for that, you know, that extra yeah, peace of mind. But you can get things like Skulls. Skulls are uh, pre-compiled uh, Corvo ROMs. It's trusted by the overall community and... You know, what's you can what's skulls. I mean, skulls is worth looking at. This is a pre-compiled core boot ROM for various different models that you can get to, um, you know, flash skulls. it on your machine. Yeah, check that out. And one uh, B ring. How do you like, spell it? S K U L L. I think it's either Z or S at the end of that. Skulls. Um, yeah. I'm putting this in my notes. Skulls. I'll check that. Um, I mean, of course, that doesn't involve the neutering of Intel Management Engine. That's something, a separate process you'd have to do yeah. if that was something of your interest. But, you know, I do know System76 does provide those uh, machines with uh, Intel Management Engine, you know, further disabled. And I hear they're actually coming out with a more open source motherboard, which is pretty cool. Based. That is super based, yeah. Yeah. I think, and... You know, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to do a slight pushback because, you know, that's just like my personality. I've heard that Intel management system isn't really a thing. Like, it's not something to be super worried about. Not that you shouldn't worry about it, but if you could explain kind of uh, what would be the importance of, of going to a core boot or Libre boot kind of 
from like your perspective, like your perspective, and why should we get away from close for like a closed source Intel management system? Because I know I did read on the EFF uh, that it's not, it's not an issue, but it does exist. Yeah, I mean it's a completely closed source, you know, Unix-based Minix operating system. It's own computer with access to your network, with access to your screen, with access to every part of your computer, and you know, it's it's even running when you have it powered off. As long as it has a power source, that extra computer is running inside your computer. And of course, the AMT is the one that, you know, people regard as most threatening because that's the one where the official capacity for remote access is provided, you know. But that's just, you know, what's released to the consumers in in my eyes, like I mentioned with Superfish, you know, things in that are hidden in, in some of these you know, hardware initializations and, and BIOS setups that can provide and interact with possible other vulnerabilities. So you just, what you can't see, you know, you can't determine the hidden instructions that could be there. And personally, I just like to, you know, use something as open as possible, you know, nothing is perfect, but, you know, at least, yeah. at least you have more transparency there with open source. starting to hear more and i'm going to touch on more of this in like a little bit later uh i have seen people always disclaimer that open source isn't more secure right and i don't i don't understand why that has to be like uh, like an asterisk it i don't think it's i don't think anybody's ever said oh i don't think people actually believe like open source is more secure it's just more transparent yeah, exactly. It's tr it's about transparency. It's the ability to look at something, you know, even yeah. if, you know, you don't so. even know how to read the code, you should have the right to, you know, inspect what your, you know, your own hardware that you're paying your own money for it's supposed to be your device. And I, I just think there should be more transparency there, you know, and that's the kind of thing I gravitate to if I can find it. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And I, I agree, I like to run as much open source as possible. I self-host a lot of stuff, not because I distrust these cloud providers. I just know that it's not an if, it's a when I do. Get <laughs> I distrust yeah, no. them completely, no, entirely. No, it's 100%. You should, uh, I think everyone's um, entitled to, like, definitely distrust the cloud. My issue with the cloud is not a distrust, it's an issue of, if it's not if they're gonna get hacked, it's when they're gonna get hacked. There's right. very few products that I touch that touch the cloud. I I like Proton. They're very open. Most of their if not if not all, but most of their clients are open source. I think we need an alternative to Google, and I think that it's better to have that option and that competition than it is to be like, okay, I'm gonna just sit with Google. You know what I mean? Like I'm like. Have no other option to go to, so I think Proton is, in my opinion, besides Tutanota, Tutanota's good. I think those are going to be the best alternatives if somebody's like, "Hey, I don't want to go set up my own NAS. Nextcloud is too bloated for me. I don't want to use these things. I just want to. I don't want to self-host. I want a secure end-to-end -end encrypted uh, alternative." I'm going to go with these. And I, I think those are good alternatives to go to. 
Oh, yeah. I think, you know, it comes down to trust just like anything yeah. else. I mean, I think that Tutanota, Proton, they have a good track record. And yeah. you still have to trust them, though, because, I mean, they can change their server-side code any time for a 100%. court order or something else. So you really do have to still trust them. But, you know, for people who don't want to go through the trouble of setting up, you know, encrypted email and something like Thunderbird, they're, I think, a great option. I really support uh, Tutanota and what they stand yeah. for. You know, I really think they're authentic. You know, not a lot of these companies. There's a lot. In fact, I think there was one I covered not too long ago. I think it was called Message Safe or something. And it yeah. looked like it could be some kind of uh, honeypot kind of setup uh, because yeah. of some of the connections it had to um, some of the contracts that were involved and how there was uh, proof that they actually didn't, this other company, not Tutanota, this other company had not encrypted the emails end to end as they were promising. So awesome. um, you just got to be you know, people just have to be careful and do their own due diligence on it, you know? I agree. And the problem is, you know, do you know who Lawrence Systems is? Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, I love his content. He's actually, um, he made a good point about this one time. He's like, I just use Signal. I don't use anything else. Because when these new, flashy, great things come out, and then they change their policy or something fucked up happens, you then have to migrate to something else. And I just, like, I think that that's the best, like, kind of, like, answer. Like, say, say, I, I personally only want to use Signal, like, um, with pretty much anyone I'm, I'm talking to, whether it's, like, a partner or a friend. And then if they don't want to use Signal because they don't want to migrate all their uh, – I really kind of pissed that they dropped the SMS support, but whatever, I know why they did it. Yeah. It's a lot it's of people okay. complain about it, but I get why I get why, but it's whatever. I, then I make, then if they don't use that, then I just use session or they just uh, write me a letter because at that point, yeah, it, it, it might as well just be allowed to be inspected by anyone. Right. Well, so, well, so does signal still require phone number for yeah, contacting people? See, that's do. a big, that's a big issue to me. Like, for example, I use signal just with family. Because, you know, mm -hmm. I don't give out my phone number unless, you know, it's somebody, you know, I know very closely just just for, you know, it's a it's also yeah. a very unique identifier. And, you yeah. know, not that I'm even trying to stay anonymous. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have made a YouTube if I was trying to stay anonymous with all the trouble that you go through just trying to log into that oh thing. Oh but, God. you know, I've logged in on I2P and everything. You know, it's great. You know, people like Stormy Cloud provide the uh, default out proxy server, so you can actually log into your Google on I2P. Unlike you that's know Tor, cool. where you know you're pretty much blocked every every turn. That's interesting. That's awesome. Actually, I didn't know that. And I'm yeah. I'm gonna pick uh, your brain on I2P in a sec. It's actually in my notes, which is kind of funny. Uh, but the number th the number thing, I I kind of understand why they require a number because they want. So this is my only issue. My only issue with session, if somebody creates an account and they intimidate somebody, like they impersonate somebody, it's very difficult for the average user 
to know if that's a legitimate person or not. We obviously know how PGP works, and we did the right thing by sending each other our, our you know, public PGP keys to ensure that there's a verifiable source of like who we are as people. But I think that if Signal doesn't make, I don't think they should drop the number. I think they should make it optional. Yeah, same here. I, I do agree there because, you know, with most people, they're not willing. I found, you know, just using the Pine phone, Linux phones, I found yeah. most people are not willing to try new things. You know, I try to get people yeah. on XMPP, Dino, client, things like that. And nobody really is willing to move. Once they have Signal, they figure, why should I try something new, you know? 100%. So that's very common, and I think that's a big problem with getting people, you know, to try other end-to-end -end encrypted messengers is, you know, most – the average layman is not even going to try them. And uh, then it's – got to juggle multiple messengers, which, you know, has good points and bad points. You know, good points because you're spreading the risk. But bad yes. points in that you can't you can't keep in touch with everyone on the same messenger. And we know that from the FBI and like the NSA and like the, you know the the three letter agencies that metadata is seventy five percent. I think it's seventy. I could be wrong on the number, but I think it's seventy five percent of all catches. Like anyone who gets fraudster or anything, it's metadata. This is why I don't use Proton uh, contacts and I don't use Team Nota. I actually self host Edisync. Uh, well. Um, the, the the server side, and that's the only thing that will ever touch my contacts, and that is the only thing that will ever touch my calendar. I'll never, ever, ever expose my contacts, even if I had, like, I don't have social media, like, I don't have Facebook, I don't have, like, all these other platforms that just literally ping you. I don't have fucking Blue Sky. I don't care if it's less invasive. Uh, I would rather kill myself than ever get, uh, what is it, uh, what's it called, uh, uh, Threads? You know, yeah, threads, threads, yeah. You know, in order to delete threads, you have to delete your Instagram right on top of it. That's insane. Oh, so, yeah, they're trying to wring all the data in one under one roof. Yeah, and, and I do not like that. I think that's a little disingenuous. I think social media should exist, but it should exist um, solely for the reason that it was intended to, to make funny memes, to say dumb shit, to see what your friends are doing and then go home. Right, escape, a little escape from reality for a bit. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, I'm all about balance. Like, I'm not actually trying to be anonymous on here or other platforms, you know, for the most part. You know, maybe there's some open source intelligence stuff that I prefer to do privately, but, you yeah. know, for the most part, it's all about balance. You know, you got to find out what your priorities are and just find a setup that aligns with that. I try not to drive myself too crazy about every little piece of metadata. Um, obviously, yeah. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just covering privacy anonymity. You know, to me, I'm really passionate about the subject because I believe that the ultimate end road of mass surveillance is a form of digital slavery. And that's my honest yeah. opinion. I believe that's where the world is heading, you know, human autonomy, the end of speech, the end of everything, if, um, you know, yeah. if there isn't a real collective effort. Yeah, so I kind of, I agree that I think we are reaching a digital, I think we're already in digital slavery, and I, I'll just use your word to make it fair, um, because 
my itch so like we're so dependent on on like like the the overall like where's my game like we're so dependent on these apps and it's insane like i think absolutely internet, yeah i definitely I see love, that i love the internet i literally love the internet i think the internet was the coolest thing ever made i'm a shit poster i think memes are funny um i also enjoy touching grass every now and then and weeding and just not being on the internet but the problem is i had a a person that i interacted with at my employment that got locked out of her facebook and this is kind of crazy they got locked out of their facebook and that has been their photo storage their photo storage meaning that they've never backed up their data for the last 10 years and they locked her out and they couldn't recover it and she lost 10 years of her life immediately that's insane like and yeah I that's don't pretty rough wanna, i don't want to blame the user always because it's these companies that you're familiar obviously with dark patterns right oh yeah okay yeah when you're being sucked into these ecosystems so deep like so deep it's very difficult for these people to leave like i back up my data almost daily now like either on my server on my nas I do have a cloud-hosted provider that I, I slightly trust, uh, but I encrypt my files anyways, and it's nothing that I'd, I'd care to expose. It's just the uh, the shit hosting that I don't want to lose from, like, you know, collecting. And I'm slightly a data hoarder, so, like, I have, a, I have a ton of stuff that I like hoarding. But I couldn't imagine putting that all on one platform and then kicking me off and me losing that access I'd be right like never put all your eggs in one basket you know the internet yeah. it's like it was always the greatest hope but it's also turned into the greatest danger with you know the amount of surveillance and uh people yeah. i believe people in general you know when social media and everything they they don't even realize they're under the influence of media when they're under the influence of yeah. media you know, it's like a drug for people. You see people, you know, as I was mentioning in a video, how people, you notice how they freak out if they don't have their phone. Like, it it just resembles, you know, a serious problem. And oh, I, I just that. think, you know, how are we going to break people out of that? <laughs> um, To be honest, uh, we're not going to. We're not going to. So this is... This is kind of like I work with like a lot of young people, so I we're not going to. I work with a lot of young people, right? So this is my opinion, and maybe from experience, I switched my my roommate to Linux, and I took all the responsibility of helping him and not RTFMing him. Like, if he had an issue, if they had an issue. At any point, I, I helped him because I took the responsibility of telling him that you should do this because I think it's better and Windows sucks and it's bloated. So they end up switching to Linux, answered any question. Now they don't ask me a question because now they are TFM. And then they switched to Graphene OS and they used to be an Apple person, like an Apple stan from birth because like they're – like the whole family that's what the whole family uses 
you know, look at the school system. Some school systems, like, literally incorporate apps. That's crazy to me. Oh, yeah, especially, like, graphic designs. I know when I was in college, you know, like, the whole graphic design department oh and the, God, the multimedia <laughs> stuff was all Apple products. It's all they used. And they are good. Kind of they are great, great machines for that kind of thing. But the crazy part is, like, think about how much you spend on college. Don't you think that you should have the, the not even, like, the liberation, but, like, the, the right to be able to choose your operating system? You know, I, there's a video, and I can't find it, and it really deeply hurts me because it was such a good video. Back in the 90s or 80s, when Microsoft, uh, when people found out laptops were being sold with Microsoft proprietary software at the time in people's eyes and not an open standard, and they were being charged for it, there was a boycott. There was a massive boycott, and I can't find the fucking video. And it sucks because it was such a, a relic. They they boycotted it by um, picketing in front of like my, like uh, electronic stores asking for their re- money back because they thought it was disingenuous. Like, we've definitely moved away from, like, like people wanting to liberate themselves and just learn like learn how how shit works i think in the next like honestly like 10 years if you don't know how the internet works you're kind of fucked like you're going to be either financially or like job security wise fucked or you're going to end up uh not knowing how to function and and phones like themselves aren't that complex like but look at the look at the manufacturing like like problem that we have like i love the pine phone i deep i dearly love it i think it's a great thing if i had to run any two phones it would be my graphene os and my pine phone and that's it i would never run anything else calyx os is great but they need to fix their security problems that they have uh micro g is uh, literally fucking a nightmare you touch google more than anything then it's better to touch google in a sandbox environment than it is to just be literally just syncing your all that information over to them through an API from like oh yeah hundred hundred percent and uh, with Linux phones you know the the best part is you know how customizable they are you know you can yeah. I believe they have greater potential for privacy application but you know with security of course things like Calyx Graphene you know those types of environments are going to be superior for security just out of the box at least, you know, just like you were saying, like with cubes, you know, you save yourself hundreds of hours of work just by picking the right operating system for your use case, you know. So, you know, you can definitely save a ton of time and then you can still customize it to your liking, but at least you saved hundreds of hours, you know, just by picking the right operating system. God, if I could put, if I could log you the hours that I've, reinstalled Linux, reconfigured, found something new, something broke. I would I would be able to be uh to work I'd be able to work for Linus Torvald myself at this point. Um and it's kind of funny how I got into Linux. My Windows machine, I bought a laptop. I was really dirt poor, like more dirt poor than I am now. I bought a laptop for like two hundred dollars and I couldn't run Windows ten on it because it had four gigs of RAM. Like I'm like what the fuck? And I ended up installing what was it i think i installed ubuntu first i'm not gonna lie and then i went to elementary os and then i went to pop os and then i got a new laptop and then i distro hopped for a very 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 long time because i was just like this looks funner this looks more fun this looks more fun this looks more fun 
And I do agree, there are way too many Mozart's distros. Like, and it's not even like a different Mozart's distro, let's be honest. It's just someone like, hey, I want this to ship with Neogen, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna just make a whole distro and just have Neogen and Neogen and HTOP pre-installed. Yeah, I've tried like 30, probably 30 distros over the last years. So I've been using Linux most of my life, actually. Yeah, I've so I've used Linux more than I've used Windows. I actually just switched from Garuda to to Endover because uh, like my snapshot just didn't fucking work. So I was like, fuck it. So I and luckily I separate all my partitions on like my sensitive data. Like I never host my OS on my and my file system together because that's just like borderline retarded um because if you if your shit ever breaks like it's just not worth it i tried cubes on my main system because i have more than enough ram but the issue is like it's just i think it would be better for my laptop because i do more of my like i do more stuff that would be a nuisance on my main pc than I do on my laptop. My laptop, I don't really care about anything. Like, my laptop could, like, be deleted tomorrow, and I'd be fine with it. Like, I would just reinstall another distro, log into everything that I've ever used on it, and I'll be good. Like, it's, it's, and, like, it's such a, like, fast, like, good, efficient machine. I got it actually from, and this is my advice to everyone, if you ever want to buy equipment, like, a really good, powerful laptop, just go to their IT department, like, of a business, and just be like, hey, what are you selling? Like, do you, I know you guys, like, that's how I got all my servers. Like, I have two servers right now, and I got them from just, like, a company just liquidating the shit out of them. And it was, uh, right, like, I've, I've worked with schools and stuff, because I actually, you know, on the side, I do sell four-boot laptops refurbished. And schools, a lot of times, have lightly used, you know, computers that haven't been run into the ground like a gamer you know, in comparison. And sometimes you'll get lucky at Goodwill. I actually got a W530 there. So there's, nice. you know, if you if you make the right connections, you can find some, some really good stuff, especially, like you say, with businesses. You said that, like, you don't, you know, obviously don't care about every little bit of metadata. And I know this is something that a lot of people talk about. And I just prioritize my yeah. um, content. Well, like, what, you, like, like threat modeling, like you, you're familiar with it, and in sure, ways. yeah, of course, yeah, I, I, you know, I did all that stuff, yeah, yeah. Michael Basil's like, honestly, I really love his book. I love his podcast. He's he's a very interesting person to listen to. I've listened to him. I, I, I'm familiar. And uh, what? Why do you think we should move to I2P? And what what do you think it has its major benefits versus like four? Because like I. I did set up I2P. It is kind of annoying for Linux. I wish they would have a better installer like Windows. Like they right. have Windows. I, I know they're working on it. Uh, I actually run I2P on my phone, which is kind of funny. Uh, and that's how I were able to like exchange the email. That was a bitch to figure out why it wasn't working. Um, yeah, yeah. I got to set it up on my new phone. So I'm going to have to be checking out some of the options on Android. I'll probably use – I actually have a profile for it available on my uh, Gidea Onion. That also, ha I wrote a script, so it's got an automated installer. All you have to do is install LibreWolf, and then you just run the automated installer as a regular user. It installs the custom I2P profile I set up, and then it also creates a, c 
command and a desktop shortcut. So all you have to do is double click that. It'll open up the custom ITP profile and it'll start the ITP router in the background. It also has an option for a remote I2PD. So you, what I have set up, it'll have a remote I2PD shortcut and then also a local Java I2P router shortcut. So you can choose whichever one you feel like using at any time. And I really think like I2P, if it had like a browser, I know that's a lot of extra work for them. So I don't expect that to happen. And I actually enjoyed creating this. I call it a I2P desktop for the moment because it's what you know came to mind when I made the shortcut. So if you check it out on the Giddy Onion, it's a very easy way to, for anyone who's listening to get started with I2P. And uh, I'm gonna document all the changes to the profile. So if people don't wanna trust the profile, they can set it up themselves. But nice. yeah, just simply run bash install. I wrote a bunch of bash scripts for it and uh, it's got a start I2P that also when you close the browser, it automatically stops the I2P router. So it's you know inspired by Tor browser in that way. Uh, but like your question was on why people should use I2P, I don't think people should necessarily move to I2P, but to expand their already, you know, a variety of different networks and applications. So if they're concerned about their privacy, their anonymity, whatever it may be, you know, by increasing the number of networks you use, of course, you're you're spreading the risk. You're not, you know, condensing everything into one you know, streamlined network connection or connection that, you know, you're you're here and you're there. You know, there's all kinds of I2P sites as well as Onion sites for Tor. And with I2P, one of the big benefits is all the users also act as the router. So, you know, with Tor, you have a set number of nodes. And I'm a huge supporter of Tor. I wrote up automated uh, script that installs and compiles the uh, snowflake so if someone wants to become a snowflake it's really simple to do you run the you know snowflake script and it'll actually build it download it compile the latest snowflake and then it also creates another snowflake user with a restricted system d service that has a 24-hour running snowflake and you can check the log see how many people you've helped around the world get on tour so my my point of view is we should expand the tools we're using and not not move to i2p but just embrace i2p you know it's got a great community behind it and you know it's a really welcoming community i found everyone is very friendly they have their own irc server you know you can go nice. chat with them and uh it's the fact that people become the nodes themselves that differentiates it in a way where if a say a tour node like I said, I'm a big supporter of Tor, but the Tor nodes are static. So they're there. You know what they are. You know their IP address. They could they be targeted in a way. They're CAT, right? I'm sorry? They have a central, have a central authority, right? Like, like they choose. Yeah, they, they are more, a little more, it is a little more centralized on Tor. So there is that uh, directory. Hmm. And, um, you know, with I2P though, it's constantly changing. That's one of the things I see as a benefit is it's constantly changing. You can also create different types of tunnels. You can, you know, with I2P mail, I mean, it's got its own mail service where you can use what I believe to be the most private email you can get, which is 
you know, at mail.i2p and to mail.i2p because yeah. that stays internal. It doesn't even have to traverse through networks. When you're mailing to and from the same server, it doesn't have to actually leave. So that's wow. another uh, benefit of it. And in addition to the fact you can set up all your own PGP offline encryption so you can encrypt all your emails before they even touch the internet. And uh, obviously that's the most optimal way. And then you have the, uh, the benefit of all the users being the nodes as well. So that's constantly yeah. changing. Peer, peers are always being analyzed. So it's, it's a constantly changing thing. You know, it's, a, it's an interesting network, and uh, it's something I really encourage people to check out. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. And, and I hope you do, too. Um, set, make sure you send me the link to, like, your stuff, and I'll... I'll sure, yeah, there. I'll send over a link to the uh, Gidea Onion. Yeah, because my thing about Tor, I like to go on Tor, because people think, like, like, the people I work with, they're, like, they think that I'm, like, like either, like, I'm holding, like, something deep and dark, and it's, like, illegal. <laughs> and that, and that, um, or people like always jump to stuff. that. They always jump yeah. to that. <laughs> it's funny. Some people just um, think differently, is how I look at it. Some people, yeah. you know, we I all think, think differently, think really. We all do. So, I, uh, I actually did go on tour. So, I was part of the internet of IRC chat, like, well, AIM, like, chat rooms. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. Honest, I remember that. I miss, I miss the fuck out of them. They're so funny. That's why I like Element because like you can just. That sit was fun, and, and it's just I actually time. that was one of the first programs I wrote was um, it was in Perl, uh, and oh, it was actually well before smartphones, so I had no way of managing my servers. So, well, actually, I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> I don't want to give out too much information. I'm just thinking too much. No, it's all right. No, don't want to reveal too much about no. uh, things. No one's so but, yeah, I was able to manage everything through text messages is all I was going to say. Because nice. this was well before smartphones existed, but I was able to, you know, uh, whatever you call it. Be able to IRC, IRL. You know, touch grass on the internet. Right, so, right, right. Well, I just I realized I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool, man. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's okay. I think there are things that, like, people uh, people give up a lot of information about themselves without even knowing. I know, I know. And, I, you know, I sometimes you got to catch yourself. You think you, you don't even think about it. Um, Me, uh, so my threat model is kind of interesting. I care – Deeply about privacy on a monetary level, I'm like pre-anti-surveillance uh, capitalism. I think it doesn't help in any form of way. There's no good outcome of it um, on a personal level. So I definitely want to always preach like you may not care now. You're going to care later though kind of thing. And because eventually that capitalism of on the on – the, uh, on the data information side will leak into the government and it will leak into the police force, um, which I'm not a fan of. And then they'll start using AI to incriminate people, which I'm not a fan of. And yeah, predictive so, policing, that stuff, you know, that, it's, uh, it's already bad enough. What's that thing in, um, 
New York or it's like it's, it looks through the sounds of like gunshots or something. And it's like really. Oh, right. Noise. Yeah. They have those microphones and they don't just hear and pick up gunshots. They can actually hear conversations. So they're yeah, the ears on the street, of course. And, you know, you can say it's for finding gunshots, but really like it serves more purposes than that. And, um, yeah. you know, the sad thing about it, like you're saying, surveillance capitalism is the thing that's getting all the funding is the surveillance capitalism. And then we see, yeah. you know, great projects out there that struggle to get funding that represent the freedom from surveillance capitalism. So, you know, I would love to see that change. But, you know, it's, it's something I always say is that, you know, innovation is now by finance where, you know, it used to be by chance. But now everything is planned where all of the innovation is about meeting shareholder values, increasing influence, yeah. increasing power, increasing, mm -hmm. in, you know, the amount of data they can collect on us. And, you know, all that other shit. Yeah. it's sad to see that w go that way, you know? Because look at, look at, so like, look at the EFF, look at Tor, look at all these great nonprofits, look at Graphene OS. They're actually a nonprofit and a for-profit company at the same time. I don't know how they do that, but they are. Yeah, I heard about um, that. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Um, and everyone talks about, like, I'm, I'm assuming you're aware of, like, Louis Rosman. And he made. Oh yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. I watch his stuff. He's he's got some good content. He's got good content. Um, I think the graphene OS thing was kind of cringe, but and I don't agree with like everything he says. But I think the best thing he's ever said, and I think this goes down to like the ad model thing. If you run an ad block, and which I do, I run ad block. I do this. By the way, I have when I use other people's phones or like I just go. I'm like, hey, let me search something real quick. On like someone else like that doesn't have an op ad block. I'm like, how do you survive? Like, how do you, or like, I forget to turn it on or whatever. I'm like, how do people survive in this? Like, the pop-ups are so fucking bad. Like, it's it's ridiculous. But if you watch someone's contents for ten years, and you ad block, and you don't donate one dollar, one dollar, what are you getting out of it? And I I agree with that. Like, what are you watching this for? Where you, you can't take a dollar? And I understand that people's financial situation is always going to be different. I'm always very sympathetic to like the working class and like the working class poor in general but one dollar and you get 10 years of information that is invaluable what's that worth to you you know everybody people don't realize that like ad mod especially like you probably yourself like are you um are you monetized on youtube or are you just in i'm not it? monetized i am i've been eligible for monetization for like yeah. two years but I just made the choice for the moment, at least. And I, the only reason I would ever consider even trying it is because I have heard people's channels. Like, obviously, YouTube is a uh, business model itself. Yeah. YouTube as a platform, they have a business model. And, of course, they're going to, in my eyes, promote channels that are monetized better. So if you wanted to get more yeah. viewership, it may be a good path for you. But it's not something I pursued because I obviously don't want to push ads on people on my channel. Yeah. Um, but I thought about doing it as just a little experiment just to see if the channel were to grow. But I have no plans at this time to do it. You know, I've been eligible for two years and it's yeah. just not something, you know, I'm jumping into. Interesting. Because I'm really interested. I'm passionate about the information. You know, I want to help spread information. So it's to me, it's not about money. It's it's about, you know, 
creating almost art. I've always been an artist as well on the side, so yeah. that's another one of my interests. So creating is is a big interest of mine. Whether Except whether it's guy. you know Python or Bash or you know other types of art, yeah. media and all that, always a big interest. No man, because that's what uh, that's what shapes the future. You know, art and culture, as they say. You know. Uh, life imitates art, and, and art also imitates life. It's a revolving circle. So if you want to influence, use art. I think, yeah, art is, um, no, you, you beg for money on the internet. Remember that. Uh, <laughs> I, th I think, um, yeah, art is, like, a really good model for people to to actually look at something and say, like, this is, like, powerful to me. It's like books. It's like music. Like, I'm a musician myself. And, like, there's oh, music nice. that has um, trajected, my, like, trajected my life differently. Like, if I didn't listen to this band, I would never probably met these people. And I think that's something that a lot of people, like, miss. Like, I could, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a determinist. I think, like, your life is pretty, like, fl flat out. Like flat out. I it's like really the old Pied Piper story, you know, the yeah. old Pied Piper story where you know the children are following, and you know the whole the whole thing is art really does influence culture on a level that people don't seem to recognize. But you know, songs can be almost intoxicating. They can oh, yeah. completely change your mindset. Oh yeah, definitely. I um, like I'm into metal. I'm huge into metal, and some of my best friends that I've ever met or people I've ever interacted with was due to like really shitty concerts and basements that I probably shouldn't have been in. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's always like a good thing to see like, and it's I, it's very hard um to like, especially like do YouTube and like try to like deliver your message and like especially like un like if you don't work on the song like. We could talk about this, like, because this one just sparked. It goes back to like me hating the internet. Have you ever read a re looked up a recipe in your entire life, like on the internet? Oh, of course. Yeah. So I looked up I look up recipes all the time, uh, because I have a pretty uh pretty intense diet, and I don't want to read the first forty minutes of a recipe about you cooking cookies with your grandmother because you're trying to get fucking SEO. Comes with a recipe. So like. YouTube's kind of the same way. Like, Mr. Beast, there's just nothing but clones of that man. And I don't even have a problem with Mr. Beast. Like, whatever. He does, he takes his money, he donates it. But it kind of fucked up the I don't know where he gets all this money, honestly. <laughs> I don't think YouTube yeah. pays. Some of the stuff he's funding is insane. Yeah, and I he's think... He's got to have something else stuff. going on. Um, they said he, he says he loses money, so I'm assuming he takes out, Maybe. Uh, he, he takes out a lot of loans, and he just gets approved for it, and that the money generate, consistently generates enough for him to cover, like, him, it's kind of like when people become, like, really wealthy, they don't actually own their, like, their stocks or, like, their assets, they, they, they take out government, like, not government, like, loans, but they're, like, bank, like, special bank loans for, like, people that have, like, a lot of, like, accumulated assets. And because they do, they'll be like, hey, we'll give you this loan for, like, half a million dollars, even though you don't make any money, uh, at, like, a 2% interest rate, because they get the lowest interest rates. It's, like, it's kind of interesting. Um, and then you just pay this back, but your business, it generates, say, 5%, like, uh, revenue. So, like, you pay your 2%, you net profit, like, 1%, and that's how you kind of, like, stay profitable. Um, 
Mudahar, like some ordinary gamer, he doesn't even, uh, he says he'll never look at YouTube as like his primary income source because all these people, and this goes back to like the Mr. Beast thing and like just why I hate the internet. They will rely so much on the ad revenue and the viewership and people, because people just like point out, they're like, oh, they don't make money from ads. Okay, you're probably right, but they need the views because those views turns into clicks on their links and their affiliate marketing and all these other shit or the product they're trying to sell, blah, blah, blah. It makes it so unorga unorganic and very cringe. I missed early YouTube where it was like funny skit, um, haha meme. I found it randomly. Stumble upon like the website where you could just find a random website. I like unorganic, like I like organic like feeds to me where I can go on YouTube and not get fed a certain algorithm. You know how easy it is to get into an echo chamber on YouTube. Oh yeah, you know. I did an experiment one day. And they have so much filler content, you know, half the video so is filled with, you know, this or that, and you don't, you just want to get to the point. Yeah, and I don't log into, like, YouTube on my desktop or even my laptop, really, um, at, at, at that often or at all, to be honest, because I, like, I don't want to fuck with my feed and, like, get certain, like, videos fed to me, um... And I turn off, like, as much, like, web, like, tracking and all as much as possible and lock everything down. So I am try to get as close to as organic as I can. But I did an experiment where I made a fake YouTube account. And I did it for three different subjects. I did it on, like, like money content, like, finance content. And I literally, within 30, maybe 40, not even a minute, I was just fed all this finance content just endless and then it turned into red pill content and then it turned into alpha male content and it was oh, literally stuck i'm so sick of those videos <laughs> i honestly wanted to kill myself at the end because it's so depressing to be around those kind of people and then i did it on the middle on the left side like you know like this content and then it turned into like like the woke is trying to turn your fucking kid into a cat like shit and i'm like stop <laughs> Just give me memes, bro. And then I try to go down the meme route. And it's like, it all turns either into, and I'll notice it. Like, uh, I don't have TikTok, but everyone I work with has TikTok. And I list, I just listen. Sometimes I just sit and listen. And I listen to their content. And they're just scrolling and scrolling. And it's like doing, it's kind of dystopian looking. But they're scrolling. And it's all of their content sounds the same. Like, they don't ever break away from the echo chamber and they're like super sucked into it this is why like i understand like free speech has a constant it's all political it's party oriented too yeah. and I, I think that's where a lot of the funding and a lot of these people some of these podcasters i think are are just you know republican and democrat operatives you know just yeah. like you said echo chamber they all say the same thing you know it's yeah. all the same script and I don't know how yeah. people watch that. I watch all kinds of stuff. Like I'll watch some of the left and I'll hear some yeah. of the conservative side. It doesn't mean I agree with them, but I want to get the full yeah. picture of what I'm looking at. A hundred percent. I used to like Joe Rogan. I don't anymore because he's, I think he's just, he's done pretty much what, what you said, where he just finds people he agrees with now and he brings them on. 
I used to like Tim Pool, and it's kind of the same thing. That's you funny you mentioned that. That was the one I was, you know, that one just to me seems like a big, can you know, political campaign. Oh, yeah. You know, the whole time they're just like, Democrat cities this, Democrat cities yeah. that. You know, that is just such a tired, it's, you know, story. It's because it's the money, dude. It's, and, yeah, and that's where the money is. is. That is where the money is. Being Politics. in today is like the big money. Speaking of grifting, uh, <laughs> that brings me to my next one. What is, what is, is your, because um, we talked about, uh, you know, you, we're talking about YouTube. I like PeerTube. I think PeerTube is awesome. I wish it gets. I hope in the future it gets more growth, growth, kind of like, kind of like Mastodon. Um, I gotta reset up my Mastodon server at some point. I was gonna go to Lemmy, but I decided not to because I have some major issues with Lemmy. Uh, because Le I know Federation has a pro a privacy problem, like it's a forever, like it can lose data forever, and that's my some of my issue with blockchain technology. That's why I haven't like Odyssey. I have some issues with them. And I think Odyssey honestly should have just went with uh, Monero instead of their own coin. It would have been a way better idea. I'm more of like a Monero maximalist, and then if I'm going to use Bitcoin, it's got to be Lightning. Because I think well, I heard Library was shutting down. At least the uh, the corporation. I don't know how that's going to affect Odyssey. Um, yeah. I don't. Th I don't think it's going to shut down Odyssey. From what I've heard, it's still going to be around. But you know, you never really know. PeerTube's great, though. I really enjoy uh, the Federation. And it reminds me of, like, old YouTube. Like, it's a really fun... Like, there's a... I forget what... I think it's Tum, Tum Girl, Tumblr Girl. She's, like, uh, dating the guy that runs 8chan, I believe, or N-chan, N-chan. But, you know, I'm not a 4chan really user because 4chan's kind of, you know, it's kind of gross. But there's I'll, every now and then when I go on the on Tor, I'll, I'll go on Enchan and just look at Skitwood's posts about the dumbest shit. They're like, uh, my house's walls are controlled by QAnoners and uh, pedos are drinking like baby's <laughs> blood. And I'm just like, oh this yeah, is the, this is the greatest thing I've ever read. Like this should like this can't be real. It's pure ridiculousness i i don't spend time on 4chan but i have seen some oh, some crazy wrong. screenshots but you know peertube like you said it's like more like the original youtube where it was purely organic content it's not people with their hand out just you know trying to find an, another way to make money or push this product or that product it's just people who want to make videos for the sake of making videos so that's you know a good thing about it being a smaller community is it's yeah. not people chasing after you know major viewership you know sure there's some popular instances but you know it's nothing as toxic i guess if you use that word as yeah. as youtube has become and you know even odyssey what what kind of bothers me is they don't allow you to log in with tor and to me that's just I don't know. I, it's hard for me to go 100% behind anything that blocks Tor logins, you know. But I do support Odyssey as an nice alternative. It's just I wish they would, you know, allow people to log in with that as an option. Because not everybody is going to know how to set up a VPN or how to set up, you know, I2P proxy or something. So, yeah, it would be nice if it's they uh, changed that. It's more that gang or, or, or uh, IVPN gang. Sponsored right. by NordVPN. 
Just like everything else. JK, JK, not sponsored by NordVPN. NordVPN can go fuck themselves. They're owned by like a massive company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I did a story about that actually a little while ago. Yeah, Naomi. They got bought out by interesting company. Yeah, she did um she did a really good long ass video on uh like VPN companies are just pretty much bought out by like Who who's this? Naomi Blackwell. She, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I did it yeah. I think it was like a year or a year and a half ago. I did it like when it happened. Uh I did a video but I also did a long write up about it, like VPNs, who who can you trust, I think I called it. On the blog. So, the only VPNs I would ever trust, I I trust Molded because they they came with the receipts. Um, I trust IVPN because they're you can pay with Monero. I know they got rid of port forwarding, which kind of sucks. It's always whatever. a good sign. Yeah, and they don't require email sign up, which is even a better sign. If you're talking about like a normie, Proton VPN is straight. Like normie. I think Proton is just a good alternative suite for somebody that just wants to ditch Google Suites. Like, you know, just they like you can't beat the price either. I, I'm gonna be honest, five hundred gigs of storage encrypted cloud storage, even though they gotta work on the fucking apps because they suck. Uh a VPN, you get a password manager, even though you shouldn't do everything in one basket, but it's I'm talking about just like normies right now. And then you get a good encrypted email that supports PGP right out the gate. And an encrypted password protected. I think that's a great deal for ten bucks a month. For if we're talking about cost, you don't have to pay for this year, this year, this year, this year. I'll never be Bitwarden. I self-host it. I would. I'll die on that hill because they've also been vetted to have really good security, and they spend a lot of their money on their security. So I know some people are like KeePass, KeePass stands, but I need the synchronization, and I'm just wasting. So I just I self-host it. Uh, I just self-host um, uh, Bitwarden myself, and I don't publicly expose anything, so I'm never worried about it. And I can always VPN into my home network if I really need something. It takes me like two seconds. But for like the normies, it's a it's a great option because in like PeerTube, I think it's cool that you can. I think people should be able to self-host a lot. Like I don't think YouTube's going anywhere ever. To be honest, Google's like an infinite money pit. Let's be real. Um. YouTube wasn't even profitable up until like 2014. Like, I don't even think it's even still profitable. And I don't really have an issue with um, co- like people wanting to make money online. I have an issue when their interest overshadows, like the money overshadows the genuine content. Like, do you remember Smosh when they were funny? I'm not not sure if I'm familiar with that. That's okay. They were like a really funny, like, they did like skits and then they became out of touch. Now they're like too old to be funny. So, like, they should get off the internet. But, like, it's like you get a lot of these people that really like sell out once they get so big. And, uh, the hated one did a really good video on this. And I think he proved an excellent point. There's no issue if a guy walks out and does a sponsored ad, I think they should do it in the beginning. I think they should state in the beginning that it's sponsored and says, hey, I'm like, if they're a gardening channel, hey, I just got a partnership with uh, private internet access. There, Go down, get the link. I think VPN ads are really bad, but I'm just using an example because there's nothing to do with lawns. 
Lord carefully, if he comes out... Yeah, I try not to push VPNs at all, just because, you know, there's yeah. such a nuance there. You know, some of the ones, you just don't know which ones you can trust. So, you yeah. know, I try not to talk about things that aren't clear-cut, you know? It's just yeah, there's so know. many things that you can't see, and you don't know who has access to the servers. You know, there's a variety of different 100%. types of ways to access them remotely. So, you know, you you just can't determine that. And uh, I just don't – I just like to talk about other things along the lines of Tor, ITP. LokiNet is nice too. I do yeah. like uh, Session. It's a nice messenger. The they can fix the uh, the layout a little, but it's not it's, they, it works. They should also fix the cryptocurrency thing. I'm not a fan of it, to be honest. I don't have a problem with them being incentivized to the cryptocurrency. I think it should just be switched to Monero because Monero's a lot more concrete. And I don't like that they're they're from Australia because Australia constantly wants to end encryption some for some reason. I do uh, I do not like the direction Australia is going. You know how they're yeah. I think they even pushed out some kind of law that they were going to threaten companies to put a backdoor in it. I don't know how that affects things, Brand, but it definitely it. doesn't uh, it doesn't give much confidence in the country itself. But I do think the people behind LokiNet are you know genuine in their interest, but. Yeah. You know, when the law comes, you know, who knows? <laughs> who and knows if you're I'm allowed to have secure it. encryption in the future? They have an issue called where they don't do um, forward uh, secure uh, – perfect forward Perfect security. forward secrecy. Yeah, they don't, they don't implement it. And I think that's why a lot of people that are in this, they do pass on it, which is justifiable, but it's not enough that you should be worried. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, I like Session for two reasons. A, I think it, I like the look of it, personally, it's clean, because I think everything should be dark mode, light mode should be illegal. If we should ever ban anything, it's light mode. Light mode is, like, the worst thing ever. Um, and I think it's, like, the fact that it's very similar and I see what they're trying to do. It's very similar to iMessage because iMessage is kind of clean, like from a UI, like a UI perspective. Because what the fuck do we does Android users have? RTS. Yeah, I've never been an iPhone user, so you know, I know I know mm -hmm. of iMessage and uh, I'm familiar with it. But um, I hate to change the subject, but did you hear about? Google's Web Environment Integrity Project. You should definitely check that out. Uh, it's a huge threat. They're trying to verify. It looks like it's an attack on ad blockers, but I was just pulling it up. I'll send oh, you yeah. the link. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, pretty serious. And read the issues. They are hilarious. You just got to read this. I'm sending There's, it over. Um, what's the other? They're moving away from RTS, though, which is kind of a good thing. Because RTS requires um, – I'll, I'll send you a message. RTS requires uh, – what's the word? It requires carrier integration, and now no carrier is really integrating it. Like, I got RTS, luckily, uh, but I would just rather use Signal personally if I can. Um, if, I, if I can't use Signal, then it, like, because no one at my fucking work, everyone has an iPhone, so – I yeah, I wouldn't use anything way. outside of, you know, your own independent, you know, self-hosted clients using data connection only, you know. 
that's just you know the smartest way to do it you know what i would love i wish was more of a thing and i wish more i would wish it would came out earlier and i wish they would push people to it twitch it's cw icch it's um completely self-hostable you can route everything to, it routes everything to, to tour by default and no metadata it's it's like and it's got groups it's a men it's a messenger i think that would be like briar if you're familiar with briar it's kind of like briar yes yeah yeah i uh I just briar. installed briar haven't tried it i actually did try it on a desktop and i was trying to get it running on the pine phone but i ran into some issues so i just kind of put it away for a little bit but i am planning to try it i do love the ability to use bluetooth and everything for yeah, local contacts know, that are completely mesh. independent of the internet i know mesh networking Great. is such an interesting thing uh quick on that there was something called the bat protocol that was trying to be uh, i was trying i looked really into it it's not a thing anymore it got abandoned you know for, uh, of course everything cool that you get interested in is like gets abandoned um uh yeah. it was a way to set up a mesh network with once uh where you could all like in, communicate and like one web servers it was not encrypted but it was still super cool like i would love to get my ham radio license at some point because like i'm really interested in like radio waves and like the like the way that like communication can happen even though like radio waves got like its own like privacy issues which is just, like a fun thing i think like how the internet works like that is kind of interesting like you could be in the middle of fucking nowhere and still be able to send text messages you can actually run email over radio waves too through like um hot ham radio which is kind of funny through like a program oh yeah i mean wi-fi all that's radio so you know you can do a lot of stuff now now where the law comes in that's another story you know you might not be yeah. allowed to do some things like encryption is uh heavily regulated for uh ham radios you can't yeah, really you can't really go that route what's it called low, low what's your pine phone low wrap uh the the module oh yeah the laura laura what is long the, range what's the low power radio What's the purpose of that? Well, you know, just just like you said, you could do mesh networking. You can join things okay. like the Things Network. You know, it does have its own protocol, the LoRa protocol, which does implement encryption their own, but it's not like open source or anything. So it's that's the only downside there is is that it's you know it's very limited. You can only send very small you know messages, but you know you could. If you write something up, you could write something to, uh, you know, build bigger messages, of course. So, yeah, that's something I've I've actually been doing the uh, Pinadio gateway image. So that's something I release every every few months lately just because I've been I've gotten a little busy with other stuff. But uh, I still am doing that. So if anyone tries out the Pinadio gateway, I have the uh, image that I work on for that. Uh, that is Another option with radio, you know, LoRa, long range, low power radio, and they have modules for the Pine phone. You have the USB ones. You could use that in the Pine tab too, or another computer, any computer really. And then the gateway, it's kind of like the the Pi, so it's it's got a A64 LTS board, and then the um, the actual LoRa module is on that using a Pi hat. 
and you have GPS and you also have so that way yeah. for location and everything. So, yeah, there's a lot you can do with it. Some people use it for helium. That's one of the popular networks where you're actually like mining and um, helium using radio. And uh, there's a lot of interesting projects out there. I've even seen some that have uh, gone as far as to integrate I2P and Tor with Lore, which is a pretty neat concept to huh. integrate all of them. So, Yeah, I will feel like looking for that for the funsies. That sounds super cool. And I won't keep you too much longer. I just got one more thing that I wrote down right now. Oh, yeah, no problem. And yeah, if you could send this to me, that would be great. If you could send yeah, it to your recording, that would be great. Absolutely. I hope the audio is fucking good. I'm kind of Yeah, it sounds good over here. Sounds good. Yeah, the it's my OB it's the OBS that I'm I'm worried about. <laughs> uh cuz like I, I it says record, but you know, I'm I'm guessing at this point. If not, I'll uh I'll I'll kill myself later and <laughs> Um so you just jumped on graphene. I love the I love the pine phone. I I hope the future for it gets like much better. Uh, unlike uh, you know the lineage phone and like Verizon, which has been a fucking nightmare. They're overpriced in my opinion. Um, graphene OS. Do you think that we should? Cause like from a manufacturing side, it does suck, and from a threat model side, I think it gives people more like liberation. Because when you look at like these fifteen hundred dollar, twelve hundred dollar, thousand dollar phones, they only get three years of security support updates and patches, and most of them come with fucking bloatware like Samsung. Right, exactly, exactly. If Apple actually open sourced all the hardware and they quit being they quit being a bitch and they uh, decided to let me sideload apps that I wanted to, I would have honestly gotten an iPhone because they get six years of security support update, updates and software updates, and I think that's the most important. Because think about how much you run on your phone from a security standpoint. Once you're out of updates and it's hacky and it's cringe, like the Brax phone, like Rob Braxman, honestly, I could rant how terrible his products are for like ever. Um, the fact that a lot of uh, people get like misguided in this uh, in this field, uh, and we have there's too many options. Do you think that we should just? Well, I'll just stuff? I'll just say you know I do like. I like Rob Raxman's content, so I just want to throw that in because I don't want to, you know, jump on the. I don't. You know, like I, don't I don't know much about his product, so I don't. All I, don't I know like, is I. I yeah. think he's genuinely, you know, honest as far as I, yeah. you know, can see. And I'll just that's my own little two cents. So I think yeah. he's a good guy, but that's just my I don't side. Think he's disingenuous. I think his products are. Dis I think the products he sells aren't disingenuous. Like that's just like that's just my opinion, and that's from listening to like other people and like. Yeah, everybody's entitled to their own opinions. I just didn't want to be part of anything. You know, I oh, yeah, try to get along with everybody, and uh, so you know, I got yeah, nothing no, but good things to say that. about them. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm just looking at it from a, a security sta a purely security standpoint, like. You probably have more information than I do. I don't really know much about him, other than I do know he's got a degoogled phone out now. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't know much about it, of course, because I ended up getting a Pixel and just doing it myself. But uh, not a fan. You know, of I guess that's another option. I think the options are always great, hundred percent. Like Halos OS, I think it's fine. If, but it's just the micro G and the hacky updates that they like push. Like the very like lag behind. I think that when you compromise your security, 
you compromise your privacy to like a very high level, like a high level. Think of it like cubes. Why do you think cubes is such a, a strict system? Because if you allow it to have their, if there's like a vulnerability, if there's an issue, that can potentially leak a lot of data um, from it. And I understand why people like Brad Braxton. I think he brings a lot of really good content in the terms of like palatable, like a palatable sense. Right. It's it's also good content for people who don't know where to begin. And, yeah, uh, you know, it's a good place for people to, you know, get involved, get, you know, somewhere, a, a good starting point. And, uh, you know, he shares some useful information. I, I do have to say I, I agree with a lot of his points. But I don't watch. I'm not going to say I've watched every video. I've I've jumped on streams here and there, and I'm just going by that. And but my point is, from like a security standpoint, I think we need to push uh, forward to better. I think a more minimal, uh, like kind of like less like less secure messengers in the sense of like just make the ones that work are good, and make the ones and consistently test like the resiliency kind of like thing because oh you'll never get everyone on the same one that's you know that's (laughs) that's never gonna happen that's that's never gonna happen i know but But it's a dream i think is the best phone from a like from a privacy and security standpoint because of the sandboxing and i think it's the best way that we could get people away from like the samsung bloatware I wish Samsung would just downsize their the amount of phones that they fucking have. Because then I they think a increase. problem is, you know, people just have no idea how much of this bloatware comes on their phones. They don't see it. Yeah. It's always in the background. So it's not something they can observe with their eye. And so, of course, they are thinking everything's fine and they just use it like they would any other phone. But, you know, it's collecting massive amounts of data on them and reselling that data, raising their insurance rates, you know, making it difficult to get a loan, all of that crap. Even the even the um, the uh, bank, one of the what's that World Bank actually came out with a blog post saying that we should have all of our Internet history tied to our credit score and have it affect our ability to get loans and everything else. So, you know, the threats there. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, and social credit score, all privatized. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I think there are certain parts of, like, the state that sh- they should own businesses and re- it should be regulated to, like, a certain degree. Because I think it's go- if it's state-owned, you can control more who can get in and get out of it from, like, a democracy standpoint. And definitely, like, the age needs to, like, lower in our, like, congressional era, just, like, personally. Because, like, half these fuckers don't even know what it's about or is, let alone how the internet works. And that's, like, my own my own issue. Um, but I think from uh, the bloatware is, like, my biggest issue. Like, look at where, where Samsung comes with, or, like, these, these $100, like, Android phones. Because you can put Android on a toaster. With these phones on there. Oh yeah, I used to have one of those. There's ninety dollar Android phones, or one of the the worst one I think is the BLU brand. Have you heard of them? They are the (laughs) the absolute worst of the bloatware, spyware, adware. You know, yeah, they're cheap. That's nice. It's got a camera, you can use it. But uh, who knows what the hell else it's doing? 
like I, there's uh, phones in like Korea that like if they after like two years like they'll run ads for those two years like you'll get ads that's why they get them so cheap because they're like 80 90 bucks and it's in like yeah I think it's like even South Korea like it'll be like yeah 90 dollars but you have to upgrade every two years because we don't get passes or security but you also get ads delivered two years that's insane like that's like crazy to me and I'm kind of glad like from like a personal standpoint that like Daniel McKay stepped down from like to just get rid of the drama that's like involved with graphene OS. And I'm kind of happy that the direction they're going to, because I think that it's, it's important that people be able to hang onto their phones for as long as possible. Cause I hate e-waste personally. I think it's such a, a consumeristic idea that we're really bred into kind of like how you said, you don't like it's good to step away from your phone every now and then. I think if we got to hang onto them longer, that people would be able to step away from their phone a lot, lot more. And I'm mostly a computer user myself, and all of yeah, my machines same. are several years old, but you know they run better than a lot of the ones out there today just because I put Linux on them. You know, I've upgraded the mm -hmm. hardware where possible. They're more modular than the ones that come out now where you have the RAM soldered right to the board, so you can't even – got to get a whole new motherboard. Just get a framework, man. Yeah, yeah, that's another option. I like uh, I like old ThinkPads though, personally. I know they're they're so cool. They're to they're me, beautiful. <laughs> the red but the middle red button ThinkPads are the track are, are point. Outdoors. Yeah, yeah, track it, point. It, it, I would get. I would honestly, if I were to, it'd be a it'd be a framework if I had to switch out my laptop. But they don't support Core Boot or Libre Boot. I think. I think some people said that there's a community support for it, or they're gonna implicate it or something. If they were to, because they're so modular, you can. I would personally, if it if it wasn't graphene OS coming along, I would have gotten a fair phone, because you can hang on to it for ten years, and you can run KLX on it. Um, but it and it's completely fixable. Everything's repairable on it. Because I'm very yeah. Fairphone looks like a good project. I've I've looked at it, scoped it out a little bit, but I haven't really you delved into it. It was never one I was gonna US. get. I think they even have. Sailfish, or it's either that or EOS. I don't know which one was it that I was yeah, looking EOS at. Is but cool. EOS cool. is another good option. But it's yeah, Graphene, I love it. It's awesome. I'm really happy with this phone so far, and I'm looking forward to covering more about you know some of the things because it's been like four years since I've actually had a Android daily driver, and and everything's a bit different now. So I'm like going through the ropes all over again. But you know, it's it's fun. It's a great device. Performs excellent. The camera even beat the iPhone uh, 14 Pro Max, which is really shocking to see the yeah. uh, 6A budget version beating the iPhone yeah. camera. Did you get it on sale? Because I, dude, I'm pissed. I bought yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I got a, I got a pretty good price. I mean, I got it about for about three. It wasn't bad. Okay, yeah, I saw it. I saw it for like on sale. Now. I got the regular six. I should have gotten. I I would have been cool with the six A, and I'm glad I didn't go with the seven because it's got a, a glass issue on the back where the the back of the the glass um screen like camera will like crack under like the slightest pressure. Fuck, it's amazing. Yeah, and the glass it. back on the phone itself, I hear cracks really easily on the expensive ones. But the six A has a plastic back, but it feels just like glass, but it's more durable. It won't crack as quickly, so. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the purchase. I think it's I think it's a really great model phone. That's awesome. I'm, I hope you do a ton of content with it, man. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, my videos, hopefully I'll be able to increase some of the video quality with it. Because I, I was using an old Android, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, recording. Here's my, here's my uh, cool pad, my cool pad or my HTC. Yeah. Awesome, Pete. I think, I appreciate you coming by. and. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. Me. Um, I'll probably do yeah, more it's fun. I definitely want to get more people, like, involved. Because I think the best way to push uh, this kind of stuff is, is community. And like Absolutely. bringing people together into being a uh, device. Um, so if you ever want to come back on and just sit and rant for like an hour with me, let me know, man. You got my. You got yeah, my man, email. for sure. Yeah, yeah man, we'll have to do it sometime again stuff. in the future. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I'll send you a once a. I'm yeah, done. you could chop it up or whatever you plan to do with it. I don't need the whole thing unless you plan to leave it as is. It's up to you. Probably leave as is. I'm, I suck at editing. Um, uh -huh. I might be, if, I'll send you still the raw, the raw, if you want to, like, if you want to edit. Yeah, that'd be cool. If you can just send me the file, that'd be great. Not a problem, man. All right, you have a wonderful night. All right, perfect, man. I'll talk to you later. All, All right. right. Later.